This person is looking for me and searching for me. You're to tell her that she has been found. He said she's going to be very ripe. She's going to confirm that she's been confused about who God is. And he said your physical uh, evidence, she's going to be weeping uncontrollably, almost to the point where she can barely stand. The second day in Tucson, I go into a Walmart I wasn't even supposed to go into. I'm there. I see her. God speaks to me about this lady. I can't find her. She works there. I finally find, I walked up to her, kind of unusual, unorthodox. I said, hey, God told me to tell you something. She said, well, what did he say? That, you know, just talking to her. Begin to witness to her, and there's the feast. She said, you know what? I've been so confused about God. She said, and she goes on with some different things, and uh, she said, I, I just really been looking forward to church. And I ain't talking about just the norm, and she weeps uncontrollably. I mean, I had to hold her up. Her coworkers are walking by. Long story short, she said, right, do you have a service tonight? I said, I'm in town for the first time. She came out that night. Uh, I mean, we've been doing the service. Pastor Garrett actually made mention to her, uh, you know, and so uh, just had an ultimate uh, uh, grace of God upon them services. And so just want to, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, again, just thank uh, even Pastor for the privilege to go there. But uh, God, um, had a, we had a really great town. A lot of people got saved in that revival and looking forward to what God's going to continue to do. Y'all can actually just start it now. I'm going to just talk a little bit into it. So this song was, um, we wrote this like a Tyler's house for a minute. We was chilling there. It's kind of an idea of like where we were in our past, like how we grown and, you know, been drawn forward because of it. If y'all want to turn up, up just turn up just a bit, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Look, look. Yeah. 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 Look, and as a very little kid, I wanted a million things. I wanted this, I wanted that, new joints and bling until I realized that this world won't really a thing. I'd much rather go and try to please my G-O-D. So sit back, huh? Hey, sit back, yeah. Sit back, sit back, sit back, sit back. Look, watch me. I'm trying to get my life back on track. Look. Lord God, look, I'm praying that you help me Cause my life's kinda turning to a selfie Like I can see myself but not the bigger picture And I'm trying to get a vision of everything you envision for me in my life Like that J. Cole song I know that you're coming soon but don't take too long uh, Cause I've been falling like what comes after the summer The devil's been cunning, he's trapping me like a hunter I used to walk a water but I always run slow It was a mirage and I thought that I had found show night How close am I to the edge? If I fall off that cliff, will you wrap me? inside of your wings and watch me from these sins I write in this song a pen so my dreams come true Look, a blessing for us too just a message from a servant who's trying to please you Look, guys so sit back sit back sit back sit back sit back sit back watch me try to get my life on track yeah and sit back and sit back sit back sit back sit back sit back and watch me try to get my life on track. Okay, okay, back in sixth grade. Yeah. Had the clean fade. All, All I, I really wanted, wanted was a, a new pair of J's. My, my life felt like a phase. I, I was, was going through a craze. Spin games to these girls, but, but they, they weren't, weren't even phased. Felt like my, my life, life was worthless. worthless. But man, is my life really working? It's All of my burdens because of him. Now I'm out here listening to sermons. Thinking God for everything, he gave me a purpose. True. Love him everything and every day that he been working. Yeah. 
people look at me like, what's the problem with work? He gave me his love and mercy. That's what it's in us. So sit yes. back. Hey, sit, sit back. back. Uh, sit back. back. Yeah, yeah. Sit, sit back. back. Okay. Sit back. Look, sit back. And watch you trying to get my life on track. One more time. Sit back. Sit back. Yeah. Sit back. And sit back. Look, and sit back. Sit back. Look, and watch you trying to get my life on track. Amen. That's it. Thank you. Thank God for that ministry. Hallelujah. Hey. Say, we had a wonderful time Sunday, Monday. Got a lot of reverb here. Hear myself twice. <laughs> you hearing it? <laughs> Let's give our this hand. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank God for his goodness. Amen. Thank God for his grace, his mercy. Young men doing something for Jesus. I know everyone loves rap. I don't. I don't. I know some of y'all like, you ain't even black. I, last time I looked at myself, I was brown. But I am proud of them. Do something for Jesus. I don't care if it's rock, rap, country. Uh, I don't care if it's, it's a harmonica. Do it for Jesus, and I'll like it. I still don't like rap, though. Good job. All right. Thank God for his mercy. It's goodness. Feels good in the house of God tonight. Open your Bibles to the book of John. John chapter 2. John chapter number 2. <clears throat> Say amen when you're there, please. And um, uh, I know everyone's hungry. But I'm taking my time. Thank you. Put that camera down. Anyways, okay, so John chapter number two. It's <laughs> preaching a revival. I don't remember where I was at. Fairly large church, too, man. I don't know. I had all these folks with their cell phones out. And they're like, I said, put that thing away. <laughs> you can't concentrate filming me. You're too busy trying to film. Anyways. John chapter number two, verse number one. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they had run out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 and 30 gallons apiece. And Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, it did not know where it came from. But the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. 
you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Empty water pots. Father, we thank you tonight, God, for your goodness, for your grace, for your loving kindness. I'm asking you, Father God, breathe upon us. May we locate ourselves rather quickly in the message, and God, may you do what only you can do. Breathe upon us tonight. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Say amen, everybody. Come on, everyone over here. Say amen. Mm-hmm. Empty water pots. How many firsts are important? If the first words child ever spoke, it's important. First steps. First day of school. This is the first of Jesus' recorded miracles right here. So we can talk about the occasion that this first miracle was what I was speaking of last night. It was at a wedding. How many marriages today desperately need the Lord to appear at them? How many splintered homes could be made whole if only they were to invite the Lord there? John 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. There was an invitation. They were invited. What a wonderful thought that a marriage can begin and Jesus is there to place his blessing immediately upon the couple. We can talk about the needs that arise within a marriage. That there will be needs um, that rise up in every marriage that is going to take a miracle. Pastor Campbell said it best, every marriage needs a miracle. So we can talk about all of that, but I don't want to. I want to talk about these six water pots tonight that were empty. Because they are the subject of his first miracle. So in my personal opinion, it would behoove us to glean some reasons why this is. So let me talk to you first about water pots and their function. The word water pot is used three times in the whole of Scripture, and two times it is used by this apostle, Apostle John. He uses a word that is only used in his gospel in the Greek, here in our text in John 4, 28 um, as well, the Bible speaks of the woman at the well. She learned that Jesus was the Christ and she leaves um, her water pot. The word in the Greek is hydria and it means a water jar or a receptacle for family water supply. The encyclopedia uh, says it like this, that it is a large vessel of stone in which water was kept standing for the sake of cleansing, which the Jews practiced before and after every meal. So the purpose was to always have water ready for family, water ready for friends, Water ready for strangers and guests um, that might pop up, um, and they would be able then to wash their feet, wash their hands, if you would, and be clean before and after eating. Now, this is what the Pharisees charged um, the disciples of the Lord with right here. Mark chapter number 7 and verse 2. 
It says, now when the, they saw some of their disciples eat bread with defiled or unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. Verse number five, it says, Then the Pharisees and scribes asked Jesus, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? But they eat bread with unwashed hands. Listen to our text again in verse six. There were set there six water pots according to the manner of purification of the Jews. Again, Mark 7 and verse 3 states emphatically, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in some special way. So this was customary. This was cultural. To the Jew, this is cultural. No doubt these would be present in every household. No doubt these water pots would be at every gathering, every festivity. And in our text, they're in a wedding feast. They're in the midst of a wedding, and there were six of them there. Water pots. Are you with me? Let's talk about their content. Water pots and their content. You know, the water pot itself has no value. It was made up of earthenware. It's not made of special metals, and it's not adorned with rubies and decorated and impressed with diamonds. They were pottery. They were made of stone and earth. Their duty was to hold that which has the cleansing ability. Their duty was to hold that which would be consistently dipped into multiple times per day, all the time. There were set there six water pots. Now, again, let me just say, we can look at Scripture and miss what Scripture is trying to teach because we can look at it through the lens um, that it's red and black letters in a book. Um, but somewhere we've got to extrapolate. We've got to take from this book um, and make it become alive um, to us. So we're talking six water pots. Now, I just want to say, beloved, we are just like these water pots. You and I were not made of precious metals and adorned with rubies and such. We are at best earthen vessels. We are at best fragile like pottery. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Earthen vessels. Paul said we have a treasure inside an earthen vessel. Jeremiah stated that we are all clay in the hand of the potter. Paul again stated that in a great house are many vessels. 
some of clay, some of wood, some of brass and iron, but he's speaking vessels, vessels, vessels. The sole purpose of a vessel is to hold or to keep or preserve contents that are deemed necessary. Contents that must be utilized and in our text, the contents in the vessels was gone. So here they are. They are at a wedding. The festivities has begun. There's the enjoying. And then all of a sudden, the tragic moment arises when the guests begin whispering for some more drink, but they have run out of wine. So the moment now needs haste or extreme embarrassment is going to come upon this family. That they have literally invited all these people and they were ill prepared for it. They would become the next proverb at the next um, uh, 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 gathering of people. Don't want to be like um, Jamal and his family. You don't want to be like Pastor Mitchell. You don't want you know, you give them saying, hey, you don't want to be a, because you remember they didn't have. And next thing you know, this will be something that starts and never ends. Jesus's mother states, they're out of wine. So obviously, Jesus's mother is seeing something that others don't see. I hope you're going to feel this, what I'm going to say. That she is seeing what others uh, don't see, and she runs over to Jesus um, and says, they are out of wine. They are out of wine. God, please, Give me friends like that, that when they see Tony is empty, they don't go, oh, my God, I knew he was empty. Look at him. And they don't go tell man, look at him, he all messed up. No, 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 no. But they get on their knees and they talk to Jesus for me. God, give me friends that their eye can see when Tony's a bit low. When Tony is a bit empty. That they bend their knee and cry out to God and say, oh, God, help my friend. Thank God that she was there. God, give me friends like this. Listen to what Jesus does. At her request, the eyes of the Lord looked around those water pots and saw those water pots. And he gave a charge. What was it? Verse 6 and 7 of our text says there were set there six water pots of stone. Verse 7 Fill the water pots with water. Listen, folks, those vessels, those water pots were there, all six of them. But they were of no use. Because their usefulness is linked to what is placed inside of them. They are designed specifically to hold what is not there. They are designed and created for a specific purpose, and it's not in it. So Jesus, what? He said, fill them with water, that we are to be vessels filled with the water that God gives. Hello, somebody. 
John chapter number 4, verse 10, Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. This is the only other time in the entirety of the Bible or New Testament that this word water pot is used. You know what's interesting to me? Ironically, she comes stumbling into the landscape of Scripture with an empty water pot as well. Her water pot is symbolic. She comes with great need. Oh, it's unspoken, but there is great need. She's an empty woman. She is a thirsty woman. She is a desperate woman. She's got longings unfulfilled. She is bearing an empty water pot. And Jesus said, if you would ask, I'll give you what you really need. And what you really need is not that bucket at the bottom of a well. What you need is what only I can provide. She's at the well because her vessel is empty. Hello, somebody. She is at the well because, uh, 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 because her water pot has no content. And Jesus, uh, I must needs pass through here. Why? I am going to offer her what her vessel really needs. Living water. You know, to the Jew in the Jewish mind, the expression living water denotes springs, fountains, or running streams in opposition to dead and stagnant water that is found in ponds or cisterns. In the Jewish mind, moving water was considered alive. That this water has a current, it is moving, it's got life to it. I'm going to offer you something that has life. And the Lord's eyes are on us today. He's looking as he was looking around that marriage feast. And when the need arose in that assembly, crisis in the marriage celebration, he saw the water pots and then he said, fill them. We are those water pots. We are earthen vessels that fill churches. And if you would take a moment and divest from all of your ministerial titles for just a moment and just be a man or a woman in the house of God and just be honest for a moment, we are oftentimes in the house of God as a vessel that is empty. Oftentimes we come into the house of God and we feel empty and then comes the other feeling that comes right along next to it and that is useless. I'm just sitting here in the church. I'm here every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, um, Wednesday, and here it is Tuesday, maybe on Monday you were here. But I'm telling you today, Jesus's desire is to fill the vessel. Jesus said, fill them empty water pots with water. So if you would ask, I'd give a living water, water that constantly moves, constantly flows, and has life. Let me close with the rest of my sermon. <laughs> kind of get through these points real quick. Emptied water pots. John 7, 38, he who believes in me, said out of his heart, would flow rivers of living water. Maybe tonight you've been flowing 
Maybe tonight you've been flowing and you feel a bit empty, feel a bit low. You know, cars are pretty nice. They've got that little light that comes on when the gas gauge is low. We don't have those lights. You know, when the car gets a little bit low, it's a bad place. You know, it's, it's dangerous to drive with an empty gas tank. You know, they say always keep at least a quarter of a tank in your, of gas in your car, and there's many reasons for that. One, it splashes around the sides of the tank and keeps it moist without allowing all kinds of other stuff to grow on the sides of your tank. But the other is because of time, all kinds of sediment sits at the bottom of the tank. And if your tank gets super low, what ends up happening is your fuel pump begins sucking in whatever's at the bottom of that tank. It begins getting into these little lines. It gets into the fuel lines and fuel injectors, and then your car sputters, and it can't uh, spray it out like it would. Next thing you know, you have all kinds of stuttering issues. Uh, your car idles all strange. Uh, it doesn't work right. Why? Because dirt uh, and garbage that is settled in that um, gas tank is now clogged up the lines, and it's creating some troubles um, in this car's performance. And this is what we are like when we begin to get empty. We begin scooping up stuff that's been settled in our life for a long time, undisturbed. It's been sitting there. It's not an issue until you get low. Our text stated that there were six water pots. And all six of them together are empty or, at best, very low. And I said it last night. I say it again. Let me confess <laughs> Let me share where my sermon came from. I pioneered two times. I've taken over two times. I've been evangelizing now, working on my ninth year. I'm a husband of almost 30 years. I am a father times four. I'm a grandfather And I have to confess, there are times I feel just like those water pops. You know, let me just say something real quick. I get weary when I hear folks say, well, we don't live by feelings. Well, you tell me what you live by. Do you get mad? Is mad a feeling? Okay, so we do too. We don't get controlled by them. Okay, so I'm saying that because some of y'all, well, I don't live by my feelings. Okay. All right. Sometimes this brother, I feel empty. Mm -hmm. Just like those water pots. <laughs> Another revival, Lord? I'm not even smiling. I'm serious. There's pressure. It's not like I'm pastoring. I don't have sermon number six if I mess up on sermon number two. Every sermon has to be. God, it's, it's pressure. There's time. It's, it's, it's a lot of tension. Another hotel. 
another few weeks away from my wife, grandkids, family, people, life. <laughs> another airport, another airplane, I got to put on a dumb mask. Sometimes I want to put the mask on, I'm like, gosh. Another sermon? Pastor gets up and said, man, last night was really good. And I told him, I said, I hope I don't blow tonight. Folks, I'm a man like you are. I'm human. God, please don't let me mess up. Let me have your ear, God. There's a lot of pressure here. I'm not putting that on you. I'm just telling you. Gosh, another airport, Lord? Another people I don't know, people I might offend unwittingly. I would love to stand behind this pulpit and act like I'm something I'm not. Anyone who knows me knows that's not going to be how I am. I'd love to stand behind here and say the opposite, brothers and sisters. I am always full. I've got a message from the Lord for you today. I prayed all day in my hotel room and the Lord downloaded this sermon fresh. It's right off the press. <laughs> but the truth tonight, can I be honest? More times than I'd like to admit, Tony is empty. Empty. We don't even like how that sounds. You're like, Pastor, you need to get someone else to preach up in here. <laughs> because he empty, I am, I'm empty. Zero plus zero still is uh, a <laughs> pastor. I would love to say something different. We don't even like how that sounds when I say, hey, I am empty. That's the truth. We'd go out and preach. I'd preach. I'd be gone. I'd come back. And Pastor Campbell, he had all these men's discipleships set up in Chandler. And so Pastor Olson would be there, other pastors, Richard Romero. And, you know, he'd have all the pastors. James would come. These guys would all come. They, it, 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 there was a time that 300 men Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. I'm coming home. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for this. <laughs> I pulled up into the parking lot one Sunday, and it looked like Thrifty's um, car rental last week. No cars there. There's no cars in a parking lot. I'm like, what's going on? I walked in there. Pastor Campbell's in there working on his uh, sermon or whatever. I walked in there and said, Pastor. He said, hey, come on in. Sit down. I said, Pastor, where's everybody at? He said, oh, I'm working on my Sunday school. Folks are. I said, where's the men's discipleship? He said, oh, we haven't done that in a while. I said, yeah, I've been gone, Pastor, you know. He said, yeah, 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 we, we haven't done those. In I said, why, Pastor. I'm, I'm wanting, I look forward to that, Pastor. I look forward to coming back in here. Man, it was so good. And he, said, he, he sat back in his chair, and he, you know, he, and he, he grabbed his glasses, set them on the table, and he goes, ah, well, uh, honestly, I'm just tired, Tony. I'm tired. I'm looking at him, and he's got them beady eyes, and he's just blinking them a couple times. And then he goes, I wish I had a better answer. 
What did he just say? So I know some of you prideful folks say, I never get empty. But Pastor Camel can. But you can't. But anyways, let me get back to my sermon. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm tired. I'm empty. Now, six water pots, and each one of them are the same. What are they? Come on, say it again. Come on, one more time. Uh Uh-huh. But why were they empty? They weren't empty because they were sitting out in that Arizona sun and the water just kind of evaporated. The answer lies within our text. John 2, verse 6. They were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews. Remember that the water pots were used before and after by every Jew in that house. So remember that they are in a marriage feast. There's large groups gathered together. So guests would have dipped their hands into these water pots again and again and again without even thinking. It would have just been a natural thing to do to wash, to eat, wash, to drink, wash, to be clean. Dipping it in, dipping it again, again and again. In other words, they were empty because they were used. 2 Timothy 4, 6, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And for some in this place, that is you. You have been used, not in a bad sense. You use me. No, 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 no. In a good sense, you have emptied your contents upon those who are in need of the cleansing which is in you. You have poured out of yourself waters of refreshing upon others that were drought-stricken. You have searched inwardly for words um, to speak to somebody who is desperate for a word when you yourself are empty and feeling you are desperate for a word. You have looked inside to say, I'm going to pray for them. And you've sought for the words to bring before God to pray for those that have asked for it. Come on, you gave and gave and gave. You can only give what you have. So you give from what is within you. You give the treasure that is inside of you. And you allow it to come out of you and you bless others in their time of need. You know, the drink offering was one of a kind. It was wine or oil that was then poured over a burnt offering in the fire. So what you have is you have the wine and the oil that would burn up and evaporate. So all... That would remain would be the fragrance of the offering and the vessel. Help us, Jesus, right here. Please, Lord, let this connect. That's all that remains. You pour it out. The contents are gone, but the vessel remains along with the residue. Are you with me? So the wine and the oil, it's Put off this grand aroma, but nothing remains. And I'm telling you, this is some of you right here. You have done your duty. You've refreshed others by the waters that are in you. Now the water pot, the vessel. 
you. You're empty. I pull from the experiences of my life. I was in Virginia Beach going through it mentally, spiritually, feeling depleted. And I remember giving a sermon. I remember speaking. I remember praying with people. I don't remember all the details. I just remember. And then I remember feeling like, goodness, I need some help. I need some help. Lord, where is my help? And I read a Peanuts cartoon. Some of y'all don't even know what that is, Peanuts. He's been canceled in this generation, unfortunately. I read this Peanuts cartoon. You know what it said? It had Charlie Brown, the back of Charlie Brown, and it had the crowds of people in front of him. And this one's, thank you, Charlie Brown. Thank you, Charlie Brown. That one, thank you, Charlie Brown. Thank you, thank you, Charlie Brown. Thank you, Charlie Brown. Thank you, Charlie Brown. That's all it said in the first one. It was only two. And then the other one had Charlie Brown turned and looking at you like this. And above him, it says, now who encourages the encourager? So as the story is in the marriage feast, the need arises. You're there, but you're empty. You're there, you feel like you can see the need, but you're empty. I I have nothing to offer but the bottom of the barrel. Pastor, I don't have, I'm empty. I'm just an empty water pot. Are you with me? (laughs) But listen. our text again verse 7 says Jesus said to them fill the water pots with water and they filled them to the brim they didn't only fill them but the spirit of God the Holy Ghost which is the narrator of scripture was careful to note that they filled them to the brim huh Not just fill them, but fill them all the way up. Um, This is a picture of something so profound. You know what it is? It's like King David. Here is David. He is fleeing on the run as a madman, a fugitive from a madman named Saul. He is running for upwards of 10 years from cave to cave, den to den, barely escaping death. And as he's doing this, he is grabbing, as Scripture says, the Bible records, men of society that were useless, men of society that were discontented, men of society that were heavily indebted. And what he's doing as he is running, he is bestowing great worth, great dignity upon those that have lost theirs through bad choices and decisions in life. And he is doing this while he is in distress himself, while he is trying to figure out why in the world is he trying to kill me? Lord, I've done nothing wrong. Read the Psalms. And he's on the run. And as he's doing this, while he has emptied himself somehow, he is filling others with great content. Somebody better help this brother. While he is running, trying to escape a madman, he is giving unbelievable worth to these that became mighty men of God. While he is empty. And somewhere in the midst of this, what does he write for everyone to read later in life? Psalms 23, verse number five. My cup runneth over. 
Y'all ain't hearing this. My cup, it runs over. It's Paul speaking to a church that he birthed and loves dearly. You know what he said? Philippians 2, 17, yes, if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Second Corinthians, he says it to another church. He pioneered in love. What did he say? I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. You know, our text is teaching us something. That when we are emptied, the Lord will fill us to the brim. When we are emptied, he will fill us. The only other time in the entirety of the Bible water pot is used is found right here. First Kings chapter 18, you know the story. You have Elijah and the prophets of Baal. They've been cutting themselves. Nothing occurs. Now he's going to call the people of God together. He's going to restore the altar. He's going to say a prayer and God's going to do a miracle. But beforehand, listen what he says. First Kings 18, 33. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it in the wood and said, fill four water pots with water. And pour it on the sacrifice on the wood. And they said, and then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Then he said, do it a third time. And uh, they did it a third time. Can you see the similarities here? We talk so much about the water. We know that we're in a three-year famine. There was no water, a drought. There was no water. Water is a precious commodity. They can't find it. They're going far and wide looking for drops of water, praying for rain. No rain except at my mouth. Um, oh, and here it is right here. Water. And everyone is surrounding. Fill them water pots. And they're bringing this water and they're dumping it. And we understand this is an incredible sacrifice. I've heard it in offerings um, where we say, hey, you know what? You got to give. Um, give what is precious. And here he's pouring out something that everyone will be like, no, no, no. But he's like, pour it out. No, 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 no. That's not enough. Do it again. No, no, no. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Taking something and offering something sacred, offering something costly. They didn't have enough money to purchase this. And he's dumping it on a sacrifice at an altar. But I am telling you, he could never have dumped it without a water pot. Oh, y'all better hear what I'm saying. He had this prayer. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. He could not even carry that without the water pot. Y'all feeling what I'm saying tonight? That treasure is you and I. The water pots in the word of God were always empty. Feel that one. Well, brother, I'm full. You're full of something. The water pots in scripture were all empty. And he said, fill them with water. And they did. They poured it out. He said, do it again. They did. He poured it out. They fill them again. They poured it out. Folks, that is how it works. You and I don't get filled with God just to sit. It don't work like that. 
You become stagnant. That water has to be alive and moving. Living water is moving. And as they poured the water out, they were told, go get filled again. So I may be in the hotel room feeling a bit empty. I may be in the prayer room confessing it before God. God, I'm feeling empty. God, I need you to help me. God, I'm desperate. I'm longing, Father. I don't want to get up and ruin what you're doing in people's lives. God, I'm empty. I don't know if I'm going to get anything good out of this. God, what I am feeling. And I don't know how it occurs, but somewhere between that prayer room and this pulpit, somewhere in between there, all of a sudden, I feel full. You feel what I'm saying? Somewhere between there. That's why it's critical that we pray. I don't know when and how. I don't know if it's in the worship when my hands are raised. He's dumping something in. I don't know. But somewhere before, it's here from the, let's have the evangelist come. Somewhere before that, all of a sudden, there's an overwhelming confidence. I can do this, God. I can do this. You with me? Now, when does that happen? I don't know when it happens. When did the fish multiply? When did the bread multiply? I don't know. When did the widow's jar of oil get filled back up? She just kept pouring and all of a sudden it's just, it's, how? I don't know. I, I don't know. Hey, when, when did the bin of flour Keep getting flour in it as they're using it to make bread and food. I don't know. Where were them ravens getting the food to drop for Eli? I don't know. But it happened. Oh, somebody. Oh, it happened. It happened. It happened somewhere as they were obedient, as they were willing. Listen, you have to be willing to get empty if you are going to get full. You have to be able to say, God, here I am. You can use me in spite of how you feel. I feel empty. Doesn't matter. God's got bucket loads. <laughs> Ain't no drought in heaven. Okay. Listen to this insightful scripture. Are you guys ready? You ready, my brother? Ecclesiastes 1.7, New Living Translation. Rivers. Run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the waters return again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Can you get the picture there? It never ends. The river runs into the sea, then the sea overflows and dumps it right back up into the river. And then the river makes it go around, around, and comes back and dumps it right back into the sea. And all of a sudden it comes back around and goes, that's how God has created it. That river has to have this. The sea has to deposit itself. The river has to deposit itself. And God has ordained that in creation. He has ordained that in us. This is the first miracle. Maybe this is the first miracle because God doesn't need the multitude. Just a few. A few that get it and say, okay, God. Fill me and I'll empty myself. Fill me, and I'll empty myself. Fill me, and I'll empty myself. 
that our cup will run over. That we'll be people that are yet better yet say, God, my cup, tip it over. <laughs> Let everything run out. You know, water pots that are empty are a candidate for a miracle from God. It's never God's desire to leave us empty without content. We are designed by God to carry, carry living water. We are designed to carry the glory of the Lord and pour that out wherever the Lord wills. In closing, let me just say this. Our text says that there were six water pots. They're at a marriage feast, and some marriage feasts last a week. So in this house are six water pots. The Bible gives us their size. It said 20 to 30 gallons each. We're talking huge tubs of earthenware. You with me? 30 gallons each. You know what that's the equivalent of? 120 to 140 water bottles. Each one. Now, if we went and grabbed, you know, a case of 24 water bottles from the store, how do you carry it? You're not just kind of carrying it like this. It's not like a purse. I mean, you're like, you're carrying this. 24 of them. 120 of them. We're talking about some big tubs of earthenware. Listen to what I'm saying. They are not decorative. They're just made to hold the contents. That's it. And all six of them are empty or at best very low. So the way my mind works, you have these big tubs that are empty in the way. You can hear the master say, hey, get these things out of the way. They're taking up space. They're of no use now. We're done with them. Move them over. They serve their You know what, folks? Listen, 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 listen. The devil will always try to make you feel this way after you've emptied your contents. After you've poured out your content. You may feel this way because you're older in here. You've poured out your youth. Now you feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm just an empty water pot, and you feel this way. You may feel this way because you're in for redirection. You've been out and you've pastored, okay, and might not have went like you dreamed. And so here comes the devil, like I spoke last night. The pylon begins, and you're empty. You might feel this way, and the devil mocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but listen, it was these water pots that became the instrument that the Lord chose to use for his first miracle. He didn't have to. Can you, can you feel what I'm saying right here? He didn't have to. He could have just said, nah, they won't run out. Don't worry about it. And that would have been the end of the story. He said, set them down, 50 to a group, and 5,000 were fed, plus women and children, 15,000 people. Ed, he, he, he didn't give all this uh, you know, extra instruction. They just somehow were fed. He could have done anything, but he didn't. He pointed to these water pots. You know, when we are willing to be emptied for the Lord and poured out, he will refill us. That others may come and draw water from us and be refreshed. Because it literally, really is all about others. This is the first of his miracles, and it was not done in the open. Verse 11 says it like this. This is the beginning of signs. 
that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. This was not something he did for a show. You know the scene. The guy says, stop the music, stop the music, you know. But before he did that, Jesus says, get them, uh, uh, fill them water pots with water. Fill them water pots with water. She said, just do it. Just do it. That's mama. Just do it. He said, do it. Just do it. All right. You know, they're over there. Fill the water pots. I don't want it. What are my water pots? Fill the water pots with water. Okay. We filled them with water. And Jesus is like, okay, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. Water? Just I drank out of that one. It's mine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they hand on the water, right? And, 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 and they're like, you know, thank you, my boy. Thank you, my boy. And they're like, let's get out of here. Doc. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, stop the music. And they're like, oh. <laughs> stop the music. <sighs> and then he says what he says. Everybody puts out the good wine. I mean, they're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> told us to bring the water. I gave them water. I mean, what are we supposed to do? But you gave the best for last. And they're like. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is Tony edition, y'all. This, that's how I read my Bible. I know y'all stuck in History Channel. That's why you fall asleep. But I am on Nickelodeon. I'm like, they're like, they're like, them disciples are like, did you add anything to that one? I don't know. I don't know what that was. And he's like, this is the best I ever had. And they're like, what in the world? And they're over there. And in my mind, <laughs> Jesus is over there. And he's like. And the disciples are like. And they look over at Jesus and he's like. And they're like. He didn't even say nothing. No, no, no. The God who said, I'll share my glory with no one, just shared his glory. Amen. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Hey, that glory don't go to him. He didn't come out and say, no, 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 no. I did that. It's the first miracle I'm doing. I got a business card for you. I'm starting a sermon ministry. Hey, Sermon on the Mount coming up next week. Hey, you're all welcome to come. No, 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 no. He didn't do nothing. He didn't say nothing. He didn't say not a one word. He shared his glory right there. And that master of the feast, the, 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 the uh, uh, bridegroom was probably saying, exactly, exactly what I did do. I put, a, I put the, the good stuff out. <laughs> Yeah, we are. Someone starts speaking all that stuff. We don't even admit it. We're like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. But he's like, <laughs> and the disciples are like, what in the world? But he got what he was after. Because what Jesus was after was what it says in our text, and his disciples <laughs> believed in him. You know, when you're empty and God does a filling in you personally, that's what he's after. It's not about everyone else right there. It's about you. You know you're empty. And God, you just did something. And that disciple 
will believe in the Lord. And this is what we need today. Empty vessels at altars saying, God, I'm empty. Stop faking it. I'm empty. But here's my vessel. I am presenting it empty. Let me walk up out of here different in Jesus' name. Come on, give God praise tonight. Come on. Come on, give him praise. God, we love you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, come on, come on. Bow your heads, close your eyes. No one looking around just for a few moments.